Well, welcome uh, Decanians, uh, staff and pupils alike to this week's uh, Chaplaincy podcast, Who Said Chapel Was Cancelled? Um, it's been a real joy making these over the, uh, the the past few weeks. I hope, of course, we don't have to do this for too much longer, but it's been lovely having um, your news uh, trickle in, prayer requests come in and being able to broadcast some of that out. Uh, particular highlights for me from this past week. Uh, seeing some of the Leith's cooking challenges you've been up to, some of you, and the wonderful results. Haven't been able to smell them or taste them, of course, but seeing the pictures held in front of me has been great. Well done to those of you who um, contributed to the uh, online virtual um, uh, sports day. I guess a very, very strange set of affairs there, but um, congrats uh, to all if that was your bag. Enjoyed watching a little clip on Twitter of uh, our our um, horse riders, our equestrians, throwing, of all things, a loo roll around uh, whilst mounted on horses that looked very impressive and um, if you're a pupil and you're on Strava um, do join in with the Dean Close at Home groups. Um, The staff and the pupils are battling it out for highest number of miles on a bike running and now including uh, swimming and and walking I'm told Um, and I think, don't take this the wrong way, but I think the pupils are behind at the moment. my particular highlight, if I was to pick one from this last week, was seeing Patrick Forge's new pet. Um, he's got a chameleon. I was disappointed I could see it so easily against a background. Um, but uh, what an amazing pet. Thank you, Patrick, for showing that to me. I also know, um, forgetting the highlights, that it has been a hard time uh, for, for some of you, especially if you've been led to believe from recent government briefings that you're not to come back to school before the end of term, that, um, you know, you'd have thought under normal circumstances that'd be a great thing to be to be free and, and able to be uh, starting the holidays early. But we all know that's not actually the reality. And we would, of course, all love to see one another face to face. And I've been in touch with a few of you in the upper six, particularly, or, or, or leavers, whatever year you're in. And that's a particular sadness to you. I'm very aware of that. And I've been praying into that. That's tough. Some of you have had bereavements as well, uh, even more seriously during lockdown and um, having to negotiate that difficult thing of um, yeah, go, going to funerals. Maybe you haven't even been able to go to the, the cremation or the funeral because the number of restrictions have been so tight. But that's hard. I know it hasn't been easy for all of you. Well, that's our call as ever to our good news story to keep our um, our tails up at uh, this difficult time. And um, I've been in touch with uh, Lorcan Knox. Um, thank you, Mr Evans, for putting me on to this good news story. Lorcan has uh, taken it upon himself to apply uh, for a, an architectural competition, which is impressive. And I thought it was a really good example of uh, doing what Adam Gower suggested in his top tip way back in our first episode of pursuing something outside of the syllabus required by uh, by the school at the moment, something in line with your own passions. So I've asked Lorcan to uh, tell you a little bit more about why he did it, what it, what it was, and what he managed to glean from it. Here he is. So I entered the Fitzwilliam College competition run by Cambridge University. Uh, it's an architecture competition to design, the brief was to design a new building which would uh, serve as a place for students and fellows to come together and work on ideas and uh, just explore new designs together. So I came up with a design for a single story building 
which would be predominantly glass and oak and a bit of brickwork in there, which would serve as a an area, open plan area for different types of meetings to commence. So I applied because obviously I had quite a lot of time due to coronavirus and school only being in the morning. So I I set myself a challenge to enter this and gave myself seven days, which is quite a tight push, but I managed to just about do it. And it sort of, it broadened my architectural skills quite a lot as I was using new software, which I've never used before. But overall, yeah, it was, it was really quite fun. Yay! And that's the call as ever for our top tip uh, for this week for thriving in isolation. And this week it's coming from Bianca Smith, living many, many miles away uh, from Cheltenham, enjoying the sun or actually enduring a recent storm. And she tells me that lockdown over there is even stricter than it was in the UK, even under our strictest regulations with a curfew until 9pm every night. But anyway, Bianca's got a top tip, which I hope will be a blessing for you all. Here she is. Hi everyone, this is Bianca. I hope you're all doing well and not getting too bored with everything going on and also complying with the lockdown rules. My top tip would be to try something new. Try for every day, but if that's not possible, then, you know, try to do one one new thing a week. My new favorite thing has been baking. I've tried making new bread, making banana bread. I've made homemade pizza quite a few times. Just trying to find something new if it's a new workout to keep your mind busy and come up with a routine that incorporates these new additions to your life. There's also a bunch of resources like on YouTube where you can find new workouts to do. I really recommend um, the Chloe Ting ab workout. That's a really good one. Um, I've also been trying new different meditations and different um, guided meditations that help to calm you down. And, you know, if you suffer with anxiety or are worried about everything that's going on, it's nice to be able to find some time and relax. So my top tip is definitely to try new things. Well, thanks, Bianca, um, so much for that. And I'd echo so much of that. I've, um, like the rest of the world and his dog, I think, um, tried my hand at baking some soda bread, which worked relatively well, uh, and brownies and a chocolate cake for Layla, my eldest daughter's homecoming celebration. Um, they've worked relatively well, actually. I think uh, for what it's worth, the difference between a good baker and a good cook is a good baker follows the rules to the tea, and a good cook has to have some artistic flair, which I really don't have in the kitchen and um bianca's good tips on on meditation thank you for that um i'd echo that there are some um apps which i have found useful one is called soul time the kind of christian-led reflections and the other called lectio 365 again some prayers reflections and scriptures which i found very calming and given me perspective in the current crisis i'll put those notes uh in the text of the email to you all so that you can look them up uh, thanks bianca we come now to um, to a time of reflection and uh, worship uh, in the presence of uh, of God, and we begin as always with this verse, which I hope is a comfort to you, from Nahum chapter one verse seven. The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. God is close to those who trust in Him. Lord, as we come to you today, we recognise that we don't know what it'll hold, 
You're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And so right now, in a moment of quiet, we hold our day and our week and our month out to you. Right now, we decide to set aside this moment to centre our minds and our hearts on you. Would you gather up our scattered senses and focus them on you? We bring you our sin, the ways in which we've fallen short even of our own standards this last week. And we thank you for the assurance of forgiveness you give us through Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection. Would you be our rescuer? And we decide now to bring a large measure of expectation to you. And we pray that you'd fill us up. Would you be sufficient for us? Would you be our portion? Well, I'm going to hand over now to Katie Smart, who's going to bring our reading to us from uh, the letter of 1 John. The reading is taken from John's first letter, chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Thank you, Katie, so much. Last week, or indeed two weeks ago, actually, because of the VE Day uh, little break, you may remember that we were thinking about love from Paul's letter to the Roman church in chapter 8. And we're picking up again on this theme of love, but this time from the pen of uh, the Apostle John in his little letter, 1 John uh, chapter 4. And um, he tells us a little bit more about love. Some of it overlaps with last week, and we'll canter through that pretty quickly, but he applies it to us very directly in quite an active way. Uh, did you notice from the reading, first of all, that love originates with God uh, because God is love? It's, it's, it's like, I don't know whether you've been for a run uh, in the hot weather recently. You come back thirsty and gasping, just love having a glass of water. Can you imagine being in a desert and seeing on the horizon some palm trees and an oasis, a well, and lifting up some water and slaking your thirst? That feeling of satisfaction. And that is a sense here in 1 John. In a world where so often in the media and sometimes even in our face-to-face -face relationships we're surrounded by hate and relational friction, when we come to the God of the Bible, he is love. He's the well from whom we can pull up love. He's the source of love. And he's the source of love, also the standard of love. Did you notice that later on in these verses? This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is the standard of love. He had love as his idea. He invented love and he demonstrated the truest definition of love 
as he gave himself in the person of Jesus Christ, as he came to earth to minister amongst us, to be one of us, to be susceptible to the same weaknesses and mortality that we are, to be killed a brutal death on the cross so that he might take our sin onto himself. That is love, a very, very costly love indeed, the standard of love. But here's the application coming straight at us, and it's quite punchy, especially, I think, in lockdown living, shut up with our families or wherever you are. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I wonder how you're getting on at loving your siblings or your parents, those people you find difficult around you, and even remotely those people you're in touch with over Zoom or Skype or um, via school on Teams. How are you doing at being loving? It's hard, isn't it? I'm finding it hard in our own household at the moment. It feels very pressurised and the friction comes to the surface so easily. But the application John gives us here from having received God's love in Jesus Christ, if we've received that ourselves, then we cannot go away unchanged. We should then begin to love other people. And here's my little encouragement for us. It's that if we are finding it hard work and costly to love those around us at the present moment in time, we haven't gone wrong. We haven't gone spiritually offside. We haven't broken some rule or gone off piste. No, the very definition of love is self-cost, self-sacrifice. So when you find it is all the more costly to love your household, well, then you may well be doing something right. It will always involve self-sacrifice, absorbing some of that anger rather than expressing it, giving some of the Wi-Fi broadband to your sibling who perhaps needs it a little less, you feel, but who really wants it, giving them space, allowing a hug to be given to you, or giving a hug, or even offering to cook a meal if you're able to cook well for someone in your house. Love has all sorts of forms, but it's always, always costly. Jesus' example teaches us that. And I'm praying this week for us as a Dean Close community that we would be loving, having received the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we're going to close now with the school prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of your holy word. May it be a lantern to our feet, a light to our paths and a strength to our lives. Take us and use us to love and serve everyone in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Or well, sending love and prayers from Bailey House to you all. Do keep in touch. Send me your good news stories. If you've got one to share, send me prayer requests as I pray through all the names in school. Bye now.